Hello and welcome. I don't know about you, but I love to talk and talk I must with everybody, anybody, anywhere. Have you really stopped to talk? And I mean really talk with your family and friends. Do you know what their dreams are? Do you know what they are up to these days? Well, I'm chatting with my friends and people from all walks of life to discover what makes them tick. Join me as I uncover some truths and some stories. I'm Hira and you're listening to Crossleg with Hira Mehta. I'm indeed fortunate that I get to talk to such wonderful people who are are so kind enough to speak to me about their work, about the work that they do, their journeys and I'm really happy. Today I have with me Antra Lahri. Antra Lahri is a film editor working in Bollywood best known for her films such as Shakuntala Devi, Bhangra Pale, Bevakufiya, Simran, Gattu, Mere Dad Ki Maruti and my top favorite Ye Ballet and web series like Four More Shots Please and A Bard of Blood and many more to come. Antra, hi hi it's so nice and so sweet of you to agree to talk to me you know not at all thank you so much for having me that it's it's completely my honor and pleasure and you know when uh, when ramisha told me that you know you should talk to antara and lahri and i said antara lahri can i even i mean go and approach her oh, to talk God. to me <laughs> you know because i read about you i've been following you on facebook i've been following you on instagram uh, right. you know i I've been following your work, and you know, for somebody who's doing so, uh, is well known in the, in the film industry, it's a little difficult for a nobody like me to go and approach and say, "Arey, mere saath baat karo." Not at all, please. No, no, nothing like that. And actually, no, 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 it's really no. interesting to you know, even Ramisa, I um, she's almost like my pen pal. Uh, in the uh, digital age, because I got to know her through Twitter. and yes. we've been in touch since then so it was really nice even getting to know of you from her uh, because i think it's such a lovely way to connect right absolutely absolutely and more most uh, funnily also as i told you later on you know when i read that uh, you know when you sent me your pictures and i saw yeah. the hate ballet poster in yeah. it i jumped out of my you know seat and i said oh my i was at the screening of this film at the <laughs> mani you know and yeah. i remember seeing Everybody and I remember. Then I remember walking up to you also, and yeah, you know, yeah. saying, you know, wow, I love the film, and you know, whatever. But uh, it, the world is so small, you know. Suddenly, Absolutely. it's just. I mean, it's amazing. So I know that you're a graduate from the FTI, that's the Film and Television Institute in Pune. Yeah. What made you choose editing as your uh, forte? Right. Um, so it was actually um, back in. I mean, so I'm talking like I'm a hundred years old. But back when I had kind of started off, for me, uh, speaking for myself, uh, I had no. Obviously, we didn't have any connect in the film uh, world or anything. So it was really by trial and error to go back like a little before FTII uh, when I had to choose which college I want to go to. For instance, I didn't want to do something very academic. I just knew that. and i loved watching films i loved watching tv uh, anything to do with the moving image and sound is what was very attractive that's all i knew uh, so i knew that okay i can i should do something like there perhaps um so 
there onwards, I mean, I did a mass communication course in my college, and um, I think like you're kind of introduced to editing and a camera, basic camera work, and all of it. Uh, so I had a sense of okay, this is where the magic happens, so to speak, you know, because you're the rushes have a kind of magic, but then when you put it all together, it's suddenly it's a story, it's a coherent story. um so that was i think it was really amazing and i had some fabulous teachers who uh, helped me and my uh, 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 you know fellow students to really discover the magic of editing and films and i think that one thing led to another and then i heard of ftii and i said okay this seems to be the right um, you know kind of thing i want to pursue Wow! So that means that when you finished your, uh, let me first ask you one question, which I love to ask people who are in FTI. Uh, who yeah. are the people that you met over there, and uh, you know, had the honor of probably meeting, who we know now as uh, right. you know, stars or celebrities? Sure. Or oh, and um, your teachers? I'd like to know who your teachers were. Right. So um, the thing is that if I start with my teachers, some of the people who have taught me uh, and my fellow students at FTI, unfortunately, because as editors we are behind the scenes, so for the public at large, would they would not be, uh, you know, like you wouldn't identify them by face, uh, possibly by name, perhaps. But I think for us, they are the true celebrities. um i think i would give them precedence over any other the most famous actor or whatever so people like shrikar prasad for instance um he had conducted a workshop with us we even went and we kind of uh, hung out in chennai for a while with him uh, to get to know prasad labs and visit prasad labs um i think he's just he's someone absolutely prasad and someone yeah and so he is someone i mean i and i am pretty sure every editor from fti or outside fti we all look up to him and i think for us he's as i said he's bigger than any you know anyone any other celebrity um and i think then there were a lot of wonderful wonderful editors like jabeen merchant who uh, also came in there took our workshop and i think more than anything you know what is really wonderful about all the people who taught us we even had another professor called j2 mandal who's the editor of sad farosh and i think i really feel like whatever little i was able to learn and absorb at that point was because of him and because of these wonderful teachers who came and took time off from their busy schedule to come and teach us um i think uh, yeah and uh, the great thing is that till today they are uh, you know uh just always uh, uh around to support us and help us uh, at any given point of time so i think that i mean no one can really match that but other than that we had uh, because we had an acting batch um uh, which had restarted at the same time that we kind of joined in uh, so we had people like rasika who was she was in my batch she was in my diploma film as well um and some really wonderful actors you know jaydeep elavat then uh, rajkumar he, they were i think they came in the batch after ours but they were still around uh, jaydeep is in my diploma film as well which was directed by uh, uh, my student director so really like uh, really wonderful people um, so that yeah, yeah yeah so that brings me to narveen you know yeah. i saw it 
on YouTube. I know this is your diploma film, and yeah. it has Rasika Jaydeep in it, and I really yeah. loved loved it. So I want, and it of course went on to win some awards also. Yeah. So tell me how did that come about? And you know, Rasika Dugal, I saw her first film with my friend Alek called Share. Right. And oh, that has remained. Right. That has remained with me, and I've been just following her after that. I've just fallen in love with that and that actress. You know the work that she does because she's unique work. But you knew yeah. her when she just about started. So tell me about your diploma film. So um, actually, the diploma film uh, happened because uh, the student director who I work with, her uh, uh, grandparents, much like my grandparents, were from Lahore. and uh, they had kind of crossed over during the partition they'd been forced to cross over during the partition so we spoke a lot about uh, this intergenerational trauma that uh, you know carries forward and uh, i think that's where the germ of that idea kind of um, had uh, come up and uh, of course because then you have rasika and you're such great actors you have jaydeep palavat uh, who are right there you know to to work on uh, these kind of stories um i think it just happened quite uh, organically at that point of time and uh, it was really it was a very special experience working on it i remember showing it to my nani as well uh, who was from lahore and there was a particular train sequence where you see you know uh, people getting killed and a lot of dead bodies and at some point she just told me that you know i can't watch it anymore because not because it's not good but it's so good that it's reminding bring back a lot of memories that um i i don't want uh, back in my mind so i think that was in itself quite uh, in a sense a compliment to the filmmaker to the actors uh, you know to make something that evokes such strong uh, memories and such strong feelings no but it was really beautiful and if 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 uh, people who are listening have not watched it they should watch narmin it is on youtube and the moment i got to know about it i just went there and uh, you know just saw it and you know and uh, i really enjoyed it i mean it is it is a, it's a unique film it's a heartwarming film okay so i've always been curious about what is actually the editing process of a film can you walk me through it because i will see for us we just see a, a film uh, of course i am a complete movie buff and i am i'm completely crazy when it comes to bollywood so i look for nuances in a film i always find faults in a film i always okay. find something that you know are ye aisa nahi hona chahiye tab piche kya ho raha hai you know i am that kind of a person but it is through a lot of seeing a lot of movies but yeah. generally when a public goes and watches a movie they don't understand what is the process of editing so walk yeah. me through it um so very simply i think um the easiest way to kind of explain is that um it's making the process of viewing as seamless as possible uh for uh, the viewer uh and there are various ways to achieve it essentially once you get the footage the rushes of the film uh you have to some people like to refer to the script some people don't really like to refer to the script but you have to make the best uh uh sort of story out of the available footage uh the best narration uh extract the best performances uh choosing the right takes which will uh give it the right nuance uh give the performance the right nuance because a lot of times even sometimes i think actors don't know uh even though they are very self aware sometimes even i think they are surprised that uh, there is a certain nuance in one take 
um, I think that is just uh, piecing together these all these moving parts. I think that is uh, broadly what we'd call editing. There's of course a lot more that goes into it, but I think because it's a little more technical, like the way we determine rhythm or the way we determine pace. But I think that goes into a lot more technicality, which is not easily understood until you kind of train for it a fair bit. But I think, yeah, just uh, broadly saying that stitching together all these moving parts is kind of what I'd say editing comprises. Yes, but it is difficult because in our Hindi films, we have the dialogues, we have the songs, we have the music, which are yes. all integral parts of the film. Now, yeah. how does that get incorporated into it? Because, you know, sometimes in many films, we might have noticed that there is a suddenly a song coming out of nowhere, you know, and I don't blame the editor. I, I think this is what the director wants. It is a vision. It is something that is that is probably integral. Uh, yeah. to the direct the, to the story maybe i don't feel it's it's relevant but that is not that is a that's a choice i make to view it that way but how does music dialogues and uh, the uh, how does that process happen the sound right. effects how do you decide right. the sound effects right so um, essentially the interesting thing with songs is like because a lot of us we watch so many different kinds of cinema uh, and we are exposed to different ways of uh, storytelling uh, that sometimes we kind of don't align and which includes me to an extent um, we don't align with the way we choose to tell films in this country or in this particular industry but i think when we kind of trace it back to the fact that we are used to watching this is the origin of cinema lies in theater and jatra what in bengal we call jatra uh, you know and that is in that the narration happens through music and through uh, this kind of musical storytelling i think then it gives you a certain perspective on why this kind of storytelling speaks to the masses uh, and ultimately i think uh, we are not really making these films for ourselves uh, we have to be mindful of the fact that it is an industry and uh, it is ultimately we i mean a lot of us hate saying it but it is a product and it is marketed as a product and i think uh, we do need to be mindful if we are to work within uh, this industry we have to be a little mindful of that as well so i think that is where songs kind of fit in and you have to of course find a way to organically integrate them in the story i think that uh, would be attributed to good writing um, and uh, you know uh, editing uh, as well uh, other than that sound design sound effects usually they happen after but uh, i think now more so because we have to run um, the edit by studios and we have to run the edit by the ott platform that we are making the series or the film for uh, we also do a lot of the sound work as well um that is kind of a given uh, in the current sort of uh, workflow and also i do feel very strongly because i'm very interested in sound as well i do feel very strongly that sound is you uh, difficult to kind of um like separated from editing it's a very integral part of the process uh so we do like i personally do a lot of sound design at my end as well because i think a lot of the edit kind of comes alive when you put in that uh, few layers of sound 
No, I agree because you know I'm I'm a person who keeps hammering every time. Every time I see a movie, I always end up uh, you know paying attention to a background score. You know, I feel that the background score can either kill a movie or it can enhance it. And uh, so, therefore, I asked you this question. Now, what kind of decisions do you make, or does the director tell you every frame he wants? Because see, when you will view the rushes, you will yeah. be seeing it for the first time. You will not probably know exactly what the director has in his mind. Right. And as you said, right. you may not sit with the script. So, how yeah. how does it happen for you? Um, how do you take it? Well? Yeah, uh, I think it really depends on uh, your relationship with the director. if uh, i i think it's if it's someone who you've known for a while and you've worked with extensively then there is a certain trust uh, in terms of just leaving it to your uh, understanding and to your discretion with newer directors of course because uh, you know it's a newer process for them and it's a newer understanding for them uh, they like to be a lot more involved which is also nice but i don't think there's ever a situation where any of them kind of tell you uh where to cut or you know where to uh, uh you know join something join a shot or anything uh, so there is i think that basic level of uh, understanding of that you know these are this is so and so person's area of work so they kind of leave it up to the editor largely yes but you know there must be some you must be experiencing some technical challenges because you know there when you're trimming a film there are so yeah. many sequences so many looks you know so many angles so it can't be simple you know so yeah. i mean it it takes a lot of a uh, lot of looking relooking rechecking yeah. to really put it into frame so have you yeah. i mean have you, have you ever faced a, a problem or a glitch when you felt i i just can't uh, you know manage this flow you yeah, know yeah i mean it's it's fairly regularly i think what has happened after a point is that we normalize all of this because it's kind of you know so like when you say it i do acknowledge that yeah it is uh, i'm sure that we i have had the problems and all of it but for us because it's our you know day to day sort of thing um so we do normalize it and it's part of what we do on a daily basis um so for me i don't see it as a challenge but i know that every project will come with something which technical challenges beginning with you know as simple as what kind of hard disk to use to store the footage on or what uh, software to work on some producers have some software some others don't have some other software uh, with ott additionally there are some fairly complicated workflows that have come in in terms of uploading the footage on a daily basis for producers to watch uh, uploading lineups for them to watch on a daily basis uh, and now we have you know we kind of deliver network cuts uh, like about 3 to 4 network cuts um once the edit is locked by the director it's sent to the ott platform and then they send it back with feedback and all of that so there's a whole process involved so i think initially when um, i was introduced to this process i was quite overwhelmed by it no doubt because one was not used to that kind that level of feedback coming back and then the to and fro and the, the more than anything the frenetic pace at which this happens was pretty crazy uh so that was overwhelming but as i said now i think over a period of time you kind of normalize it and you expect and you kind of even know that acha abhi shoot khatam hone wala hai do din baad and all hell is going to break loose because people will suddenly realize acha bhi to edit hona baki hai 
so <laughs> you even anticipate exactly when that will happen when people will uh, panic when they will calm down so you know you know that awareness is there <laughs> so i don't think i i mean technical challenges now is like ha okay wo to hone hi wala hai and especially now with when it is a when it's a series that you're doing if it's a film it's a it's a whole one uh, one you can sit yeah. and do it and you're comfortable you know you have a timeline yeah. but when it is a series yeah. and when you have to really rush and you know get yeah. those episodes plus you have to remember what you did in the last episode enough yeah. to carry it forward <laughs> to the next episode yeah you know? yeah. Yeah. So there, yeah there must be some uh, you know editing tools which which you work with or which editors should according to you in this scenario today right. must uh, must sort of learn and there are some terminologies that we we uh, you know cue carding and uh, uh-huh. all these things we hear but we don't understand these words right. so uh, tell me right. a little about uh, if somebody wants to know what exactly sure. it is about so sure. so i think uh, in terms of the tools you know i find that most people even those who are not professionally editors are Uh, familiar with the tools uh, now like uh, you know you they know with software like a premiere pro or an avid or a final cut whatever they want to work on um i think the lesser known tools and i think this is something um if you know editors or uh, young editors are kind of coming into uh, uh into this field now and especially with remote working now a lot of work happening from home um more than anything i think the most important thing is to uh have a lot of space on your google drive it's as simple as that <laughs> because i found in the last one year there's so many editors so many young editors assistants associates struggling with how to transfer footage from one place to the other transfer and edit from one place to the other so i and i was quite surprised that uh, not a lot of people kind of uh you know uh, took the initiative to just get additional storage and figure out these little fixes it's again you know these are little as you said technical challenges uh but i think there's always some nice way to kind of circumvent those uh other than that i mean there's also as you spoke about cue carding now this is something i like doing for every project uh, just breaking down every scene and writing it on one cue card on uh, you know a number of cue cards basically so you'll end up with about 300 350 cue cards if you really break down even montages uh, shot by shot and so on um so uh, but the thing is it really helps because when uh, for instance in ye ballet we had a cue card wall um we put up uh, we had of course a lesser number of scenes there but um, we were able to put up you know each scene on the cue card wall when we had to restructure or when we wanted to delete a few scenes we were able to do that manually on the cue card wall so it's sort of like a map like a road map of the film uh, so this is something that i have followed on uh, some series as well as well as on picture films uh, and i feel that this is something that really helps and another thing is of course like always I feel there is a culture uh, now where you're not really writing a lot also you're not reading a lot and with the younger with younger editors and younger with uh, new assistants I find that there is a resistance to reading instructions uh when instructions are sent on mail or you know nowadays when you get on board a project for OTT there's a whole list of um 
like a data workflow that is uh, sent to everyone and it's or even scripts something as simple as scripts i find a lot of people don't want to read them uh, so i think reading and writing are the most important tools really as basic as that uh, reading absorbing writing out your thoughts writing out your notes discussing with the director writing down those notes so yeah as simple as that no i love what you said because you know uh, visual uh, when you're reading something it sort of yeah. falls into a pattern for you and as you said it's like a storyboard if it's in front of yeah. you you can yeah. shift uh, shift scenes you can shift screens but if yeah. you are not doing that now you really can't see it in the complete flow or yeah. uh, this i love making absolutely. notes wherever i go i'm exactly. forever making exactly. notes absolutely so absolutely it helps i agree with you totally yeah. but you know it yeah. must be frustrating when a scene that you really loved or you know has to be edited out or there's a scene you're particularly fond of or proud of and then that is just yeah. taken out so yeah tell me first about that feeling and then tell me a few scenes that you really loved editing or some some editing that you really enjoyed some right. film uh, that you loved uh, enjoyed uh okay so uh the about deleting scenes i think again it is part of the process and i think a lot of time directors feel it a lot more uh writers and directors because they've lived with it for so long and they've gone through a certain process to even shoot that scene so it's much harder for them i think for editors again we kind of normalize that process we know and it's you even know while you're editing and you're really loving the scene in itself but you just have a sense that yeah this is eventually going to get deleted so i think that is always there at the back of your head there is something needs to go and if the film is going to be better for it then why not um uh, the second part of the question i sorry what was the second part of the question i i wanted to know what are the scenes you enjoyed editing scenes, and you're particularly right. proud of Oh I think uh, I'd go with the uh, ballet scene the finale performance in ye ballet um so I really loved editing that I remember I was editing it uh, we were editing in a studio and that particular day everyone the entire team had left and I just wanted to finish that sequence uh, and I was there till about almost 12 or 1 at night uh, and I was working on it and it was I think when I finished watching it it was really um, i was quite overwhelmed with the impact that it had and i think a lot of that carried over you know i think when you feel it everyone else also kind of feels it um so i think that and i feel again like the um, end of uh, shakuntala devi i feel the way that ended and had a little montage and it had this interaction between the mother and the daughter um i think that was also extremely extremely emotional so these two in in recent memory these two are the scenes i really enjoyed editing and that's great yeah. and what about the web series i mean what are the web series that you have done and which are the ones that uh, are close to your heart i think i mean by everything that you work on yes sorry can you hear me i think my battery is a bit low yeah oh, so i think by by default uh, everything that you work on is kind of uh, close to you and you know uh, when you see in retrospect you see these images then you're always like uh, immediately associated with uh, memories of working on that particular project um i think 
like um, the web series my uh, i had actually started working on web series even before ott was a thing um, you know that time we used to uh, put out these uh, uh, web series on youtube because we didn't have netflix and amazon and all that uh, so every you know every production house had their own youtube channel and they used to put out uh, their web series or little they were like, a lot of time they were like little sketches they were not these 50 minute episodes that we have now um so i had done one very early on i had done one web series called man's world uh, which is on youtube and i think i really really enjoyed working with the director vikram gupta as he's also the writer of the uh, series um and i think it's a series everyone should really really watch because it kind of subverts the uh, gender roles uh, so it's sort of like uh, Uh, in the shoe, like walk a mile in a woman's shoes. Interesting. Yeah, so I, yeah, uh, just some very interesting stuff had come up at that point, and I think once Netflix and Amazon and everything came in, the first proper like uh, OTT series I did was Four More Shots Please, season one. Uh, again, I think very close to my heart because it was the first time I saw so many women coming together to work on. uh on a show or on or any like you know a whole bunch of women telling a story together because there were uh, the four lead actors uh, actresses and there were uh, the producers were also women the director was a woman the dop was a woman um so i think that is very very special for that reason um and we were trying to tell a story of urban women and their circumstances how they navigate uh, their lives and after that i had done bard of blood uh which was very different and something i was really uh i really enjoyed primarily because i was able to work on the action sequences because i always felt like uh, uh and i still feel that i uh, there is a certain um you know a level of discrimination and uh, women editors don't very easily come across the uh, get you know material that is uh, action uh, or uh, you know slightly darker stuff uh, i think that's changing though now that's changing i'd say in the last couple of years which is great uh, but for me uh, when i uh, signed up for bard of blood i think that was major a major attraction and i had a great time especially editing all these chase sequences and blasts and uh, you know punches and all of that because i'd never done something like that before Well, I can understand the thrill you are talking about because yeah. you know I I am some person who who loves to land up on film studios and sets because I love watching people shoot. Yeah. I think it's it's a great learning when you're watching people on the film set or or on a dance yeah. reality show, which I often love to frequent. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's 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 amazing. The only thing I've not yet seen is a fight sequence, and so one day my only dream is to see a fight sequence because right. I can understand what you're saying because every punch. after every punch yeah. it has to be in a flow i mean it must be tough yeah. it must be really tough to put it together you know hats off yeah. to you so what makes a good editor according to you and what have you learned on the job that perhaps fti did not teach you you know some some learnings always yeah. come on the job yeah yeah um i think good a uh, good editor it's really hard to say actually what makes a good editor i think a certain amount of 
of course they have to almost have a directorial bent of mind um yeah and because you are ultimately taking the responsibility to choose as i said the right takes and to have um, to narrate the story and to also understand not only cutting pasting of shots but you have to have an all around understanding of all departments uh, you have to understand uh, why something was written in a particular way you have to understand uh, cinematography to an extent so you are able to choose the right shots uh technically as well um you have to obviously as i said uh, understand sound you have to understand music so you need to have that uh, overview of the filmmaking process um so i yeah i think that is essentially what uh, makes a good editor for sure and and that makes you a very good director in the making too right antra so the next step will be <laughs> probably directing a film yourself oh god you know i the thing is that that is the natural progression uh before i uh, went to ftii in calcutta i was i had already started like directing little non fiction uh, shows um and once i came into bombay before ftii when i was working i was also um, you know assisting um, in a production house so i was on set i wasn't editing hands on i was on set and i was responsible for making sure the product is edited and you know packaged correctly and sent off etc so i've been i've done that and then come into editing uh, i don't really know I, i mean again it's like never say never again but um, i do feel like like some days of course it's frustrating and you're like okay i've had enough of editing i don't want to mm. do this but i think if i quit i do something probably very different perhaps i don't know what but not <laughs> yeah but it's good it's good you know it's good you know the more you yeah. uh, the more you uh, you let your mind i mean it there's always it's better not to pin down on anything and let's yeah. go along the it happens yeah wonderful yeah, yeah. why not exactly exactly he says do it you say yes let's do it because yeah. i think you know everything from start to finish you know and you can probably edit your own film too you know and that will be fabulous yeah. to do you know yeah and you know yeah. yeah because you know there's a lot of knowledge that has come to you just by sitting on an editing table you know and exactly. you're actually reading the you know when an actor or sees a film many a times he says oh my most favorite shot is gone you know oh that shot i really wish was there you know and sometimes when we also like i do some short films and i think to myself yaar ye to kaat hi dega you know like you you have it somewhere you get a sense by yourself yeah. you know that it is going to yeah. happen but but yeah. that's what film making is all about but you're a woman in this field so i know you did mention that you would that about the fights and the fight uh, type of movies the bard of blood types but are there still still other yeah. pros and cons which you can put your finger on <clears throat> um uh i you know i feel like i've been fairly protected uh because in the last few years particularly i don't know i think maybe by little by choice and little by what has come my way i've worked with a lot of women and i really love that i've been able to work with so many women so of course that level of sexism i'm sure is there i have faced it early on you know where um, and i said this actually in another interview as well there is someone who i was expressing an interest in working in an action on an action film and they said but how will you know 
like for boys it's easier because they grow up you know playing with guns and this and that to kya karegi you know uh, we are confused so, and yeah and then there was another it's so bizarre you know i find it very funny now it was not funny back then um, but i was asking one producer for my check and he was like but uh, what will you do with the money you will be having someone at home who's earning the money bro what will you do with the money <laughs> so <laughs> that was a kind of i think i mean it's amusing now but yeah there are every now and then there are things that happen but i think that it's not like industry specific i think it's across industries and in daily your daily life as well you know so it's like when uh, you know as simple as someone like some uh, uh, engineer has to come in and fix your fridge or your tv or something they will just assume that you're going to be at home all day you know yeah. to, you know it's like that's so it's a casual sexism i think uh, which is there everywhere so <laughs> yeah but that's interesting the way you put it i loved it you know and if you were to give this to, if you were to give just two tips to somebody who wants a woman who wants to get into editing what would you tell her how important it is to go and learn or uh, you know uh, what would you advise her just just somebody who wants to get into right. it you know for a woman the first thing and this is something that i have felt over the last 2 years very strongly uh, is to always as a woman always trust your instinct whether it's to do with choosing your profession or choosing which film or series to work on not to work on uh, if uh, even when it comes down to choosing your cut point just go with your instinct because i feel a lot of times the way in the way we are brought up we are taught to kind of second guess ourselves a lot um and therein lies the i feel you know the root of this little lack of confidence that we have sometimes this uh, i i see a lot of women writing about um how they have this imposter syndrome that they are you know uh, doing wonderful things and they are there and they are in the thick of things but they are always feeling this uh, that they don't deserve to be there that how is it it's unbelievable that i'm I, i'm doing this it shouldn't be right why is it unbelievable i think we really have to own at every step of the way we have to own our decisions we have to own the risks own our failures and you know just uh, it's okay it's okay if you don't match up to someone else's expectations or whatever i just i think following your instinct is the best uh, and i wish someone had told me this because this is not something i heard when i was uh you know you hear a lot of other supportive things and all that but i feel like just following your instinct is like a big big uh thing i agree with you and i always tell everybody and i always say in every interview that love first the face in the mirror because if you love yourself yeah. then only Absolutely. you can achieve and you can you can try new things you know and yeah. uh, you yeah. know as women we are going to get a little bit of an obstacle here and there we have our responsibilities yeah. but along with our responsibilities i think women are doing great you know and uh, yeah. so it's it's absolutely wonderful but tell me something how much time does it take you how much time does a film actually take to edit how many days or how many hours and of course it depends on the editor and so on and so forth yeah. but on a i mean just generally yeah i on an average i'd say to get to an effective sort of effective cut which both the director and you like about 4 to 6 months uh um, that much yeah 
yeah because you'd always the thing with features also is that we are a little spoiled because we have the opportunity to uh, come back to it with ott we don't because it's on such a tight schedule uh, we have to keep kind of uh, delivering the episodes one after the other with film usually you have that little space that you complete one cut then take a couple of days and relook and every time you relook like even now if i watch something that i have cut and i watch it i would i'll sometimes really cringe because i'd like to do it differently now so it's it just keeps changing with your state of mind with you know the older you get you see things differently so i think that is uh, yeah but but i'd say yeah four to six months on an average and simultaneously you work on uh, many projects or do you one project at a time you know i wish i could work on multiple projects but i find it really difficult to do that because i think it's a fairly consuming all consuming process um also i've never really looked at it as a career per se i think the work that i do is very much a part of me and my life generally you know so to speak so i also work with people who i like hanging with because i'm going to spend so many hours with someone they better be someone i like so um, i do choose my work under most circumstances uh, in a similar manner as well uh, and as i said because you know the separation of not bringing your work home and all i'm unable to do that uh, i would like to learn how to do it but i can't um, and a lot of you know i think about it i, I end up you know even in my sleep i know it's there at the back of my mind you know i'm still kind of editing or thinking of how to address a particular problem so yeah it's kind of an all pervasive sort of uh job no i'm glad you know i'm glad to hear this because you know uh, all of us uh, sometimes feel don't bring work home you know but yeah. if you're living your work then i think yeah. you do better and better you, yeah. you do much better so great so on this happy note i just want to thank you and wish you many more projects and thank all you. success all the best thank all the best you. thank you thank you so much thank you if you've enjoyed this episode and want to talk to me about your life i'm waiting connect with me on hira metta 13 at gmail.com and until next time namaste